Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Today we want to talk about the first of the ten words. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. What do you think the first word is? You might be surprised to find out it's not what you think. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Wisconsin and Thailand. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. In our last episode, we were talking about the ten words. Now, near the end, Miss made an interesting comment. Mama, I think you said, we learned to call them the Ten Commandments in church. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew people call them the Ten Words or Utterances. By calling them the Ten Commandments, we have actually omitted the first commandment because it doesn't really seem to be commanding us to do anything. Well, that's what I said. Okay. And that's a great place to start today's topic. The ten words are in Exodus chapter 20. Here is a little context for the first word. In Genesis, we learn that Elohim made a covenant with Abraham, promising to bless the entire world through him. After that, Abraham had many adventures, including an encounter with the Pharaoh of Mitzrayim, or Egypt, and having to rescue his nephew Lot from enemies. We can pick up the story in Genesis chapter 15. Reading from verse 1, it says, Sometime later, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your protector. Your reward will be very great. Abram replied, Adonai Elohim, what good will your gifts be to me if I continue childless? And Eliezer from Damasek inherits my possessions. You haven't given me a child, Abram continued. So someone born in my house will be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. No, your heir will be a child from your own body. From this scripture, we know that the covenant made with Abraham was meant to continue through his descendants. That's why Abram was so concerned about not having children. We know that the rest of Genesis tells us about the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Elohim was with them when they went to Egypt, and he was responsible for their departure from Egypt. That's right, Mama. We also see that in Exodus chapter 19, Elohim formally proposed a relationship to the children of Israel. Now, in that proposal, he said, You've seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will be careful to pay close attention to what I say, and keep my covenant. Then you will be my own treasure from among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you will be a kingdom of priests for me, a nation set apart to their Elohim. The people of Israel heard Elohim's proposal and gave an answer. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 8, reading from the King James Bible, it says, All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. In any language, I would say that that sounds like Israel's acceptance of Elohim's proposal, even before they knew the terms of his proposal. 
Elohim was clearly offering a better life than they were living in Egypt. In fact, it sounds like a major upgrade to be his kingdom of priests. All they had to do was be diligent to obey his words and stay faithful to the covenant. That brings us to the first of the ten words found in Shemot, or Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. It says, Anoche Yehovah Elohecha, Asher Chotzetecha Me'eretz Mitzrayim Mi'bet Avadim. In English, I am Yehovah your Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now, at first glance, it is fair to say that Elohim's first word doesn't seem to be telling Israel to do anything. But let's look a little deeper. In a manner of speaking, it sounds more like an introduction. While in Egypt, the people of Israel surely learned about the gods of Egypt, as well as the gods of other people. No doubt, these small G gods seemed very powerful to Israel because the Egyptian people exercised cruel domination over them. When Jehovah sent Moshe to challenge the Pharaoh and thus the gods of Egypt, Moshe appeared to do wonders like no other had ever seen or ever conceived. Some people may have even thought that Moshe was a god himself. But Moshe took no credit and was careful to attribute all glory to the Elohim of Israel. Well, Elohim had promised he would rescue the children of Israel from Egypt and bring them back to this mountain, Mount Sinai, and he did. Now it was time to formalize this relationship. Of all the things that Elohim could have said first, he chose to introduce himself using his unique name and identifying himself as the one responsible for Israel's freedom. That's good, Mama. Hey, let's go back to Exodus 6 for a moment. Now, reading from verse 2, Elohim spoke to Moshe. He said to him, I am Jehovah. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai although I did not make myself known to them by my name, Yehovah. So, um, this exchange took place after Moshe went to Pharaoh for the first time, right? Insisting that he let Israel go. Pharaoh replied by making Israel's work even more difficult. So, Moshe went back to Elohim and asked for clarification. So far, it seemed like the mission was not successful. That's when Elohim gave Moshe his name, Yehovah the same name he gave to Israel in Exodus 20. Now, if you've been listening to us for a while, then you probably know what Yehovah's name means. He who is, who was, and who is to come. Yehovah is the true and eternal Elohim. Mm -hmm. Besides him, there is no other. In Genesis 1, we read the story of creation. Elohim, called God in many Bibles, is identified as the creator. In Genesis 2, starting at verse 4, the Creator is referred to as the Lord God. In past episodes, we discussed the way our translations of the Bible replace the sacred name of Jehovah with the Lord. We see that in Genesis 2, starting at verse 4, Elohim means something like mighty ones. It speaks to power or force and the ability to make things happen. Our Heavenly Father's name, Jehovah, comes into play as he creates and interacts with mankind. Listen closely to the next chapter, Genesis 3. Verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animal which Yehovah Elohim had made. He said to the woman, Did Elohim really say, 
You're not to eat from any tree in the garden? That serpent was indeed very crafty. He left out the holy name of Jehovah when he spoke with Eve. He did not refer to the Creator as Jehovah Elohim. Now when we read Eve's reply to the serpent in verse 3, she also left out the holy name of Jehovah. Eve referred to the Creator as just Elohim. Now this isn't a problem in normal speaking, but in this creation story, this very subtle detail is crucial. The scriptures call him Yehovah Elohim for a reason. Let's take a quick look ahead to Exodus chapter 34 verses 5 through 7. Here we see the Creator pronouncing his name and his wonderful attributes before Moses. The first name he mentions is Yehovah. The second name is Yehovah Elohim. He then proceeds to tell Moses about himself, that he is merciful, gracious, exceedingly forgiving, and just. When Eve agreed with the way that the serpent referred to our Creator, she did not acknowledge Yehovah in his attribute of mercy. Elohim speaks of his awesome power. His holy name, Yehovah, is associated with his mercy, which lasts forever and ever. Here at Red Pill Torah, we use the Hebrew names because we want to say what the scriptures are saying about Yehovah and the people in the Bible. We're not saying that it's a sin to call the Father God. Rather, we love his name. Knowing what his name means and that he gave it to us so many times in the Hebrew Bible, we are privileged to call on him. And remember, this is how he introduced himself to Israel. Amen, Mama. So the first word is an introduction and a call for Israel to recognize who the Creator is to them. He introduced himself as Yehovah Elohecha. The Echa on the end of Elohim makes Elohim a possessive form. So he is Yehovah their Elohim. Also, he didn't identify himself as the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, it was a lot more personal. He's the one who carried Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He did not want Israel to attribute their deliverance to any other god, force, man, or anything. This deliverance was personal. And we must be careful to apply the lesson of the first word to our lives today. When we fail to identify Jehovah Elohim as the one who delivered us, who instructed us, who blessed us, we are breaking this first instruction. When we don't respond to Jehovah Elohim as the righteous, merciful, almighty King of the universe, we break the first instruction. When we agree that his Torah and his covenants are done away with, we break the first instruction. The Torah and the covenants explain why Jehovah Elohim delivered Israel from Egypt and why he delivered us from sin, which is spiritual Egypt. So what would you do? If you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions, would you take the blue pill and uphold a man-made doctrine over Jehovah Elohim's spoken proclamation? Or would you take the red pill and esteem Jehovah Elohecha as your almighty, all-powerful and merciful king, the way he introduced himself? Only you can answer that question. There's a world of difference between acknowledging him as the Lord and calling him Yehovah Elohecha, Yehovah your Elohim. There's only one Yehovah Elohim. Amen. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please listen again online and share this with a friend. 
Join us next time when we talk about the second word, by the grace of Jehovah Elohim. Amen. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.